Youth ministry can always use some big ideas. Ideas that are faithful to relational ministry, but also provide some crazy, fun, and life-giving resources for youth leaders, youth in leadership, and the church. Now that's religion. This is the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry Podcast. Your source for information, discussion, and feedback in youth ministry of all shapes and sizes. Now, here are your hosts, Michelle Thomas-Bush and Cliff Haddocks. Welcome to another episode of Season 2 of the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry podcast. For today, we're going to be talking about the other half of the equation, so to speak, of youth ministry, Michelle. We're talking about parenting and how parenting fits in with youth. Of course, Michelle Thomas-Bush, I'm Cliff Haddix. It's it's great to have you all joining us today. And later, we'll be joined by Josh Owen Sweeney, um, who is going to be talking about how all of these things fit together. Uh, But to start it all off, Michelle, we've got another top five list. All right, tell me what the top five list is. The top five list for today is the top five parenting books that we're going to recommend uh, as part of the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry podcast today. That's always helpful because where do you even start when you do parent ministry? So um, that's such a great thing that we can get started. And so I'll start with number five. And the fifth uh, parenting book we recommend is Thrivers. The Surprising Reasons Why Some Kids Struggle and Others Shine. It's Michelle Borba. It's such a great book. Love this. I was talking about this the other day, and my daughter is like, um, I was 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 questioning about it. And I'm like, well, uh, you have kids that uh, excel in certain subjects and don't excel in others. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. It just means right. that you think differently. And she was like, oh. Okay, that makes sense. And her answers were solved and everything was okay after that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, sometimes we forget about that and we want every kid to fit into a box. And if we work with kids long enough, we'll realize that is not the case. So how That's do we meet them where they are? Exactly, exactly. Uh, number four. Yeah, she does, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. Uh, you, you had something to say does, about the book? Say it. Yeah, she does seven teachable skills that set half healthy, high-performing kids apart. And it's such a great resource for um for parents, for youth leaders, just to know how do we teach them really good skills, practical skills. Okay, bring us number four. Uh, The Awakened Brain, The New Science of Spirituality uh, and Our Quest for an Inspired Life by Lisa Miller, opening up uh, the way that we uh, look at how our brain functions in the process of spirituality and breaking that open and discussing it. And she wrote The um, Spiritual Child, which I use all the time too, but uh, that awakened brain looks interesting. I think that's going to be a, a resource that we use all the time. Number three, I have is uh, a Lisa Demore book. She has written several things, but this one is The Emotional Lives of Teenagers, Raising Connected, Capable, and Compassionate Adults. What I love about this, Cliff, is that she reminds us that it is hard to be a teenager today, but we uh, have to help our young people know that there are unhappy things uh, that they will deal with in life. And that's just part of living. And I think as parents, we've bought into the idea that everybody should be happy all the time. And so this is a critical book right now for families. Uh, Number two, How to Raise an Adult by Julie Lithgow-Hames. Um, looking, everybody's like, how do I raise a kid? Well, maybe you need to ask how you raise an adult. Uh, so exploring the age old question in a much different way. Great. Number one is getting to calm cool headed strategies for parenting tweens and teens. 
This is Laura Kastner, Dr. Laura Kastner, and I keep copies of this book in my office, along with her second book, it's um, Wise-Minded Parenting. They are hard to find. Um, sometimes they're not on Amazon, but uh, you can get them at parentmap.com, but she is such a beautifully, uh, writes such beautiful advice for parents and practical steps of how do we just do the day-to-day -day parent parent stuff and love our kids. And so I would say this needs to be on everybody's shelf. So let's talk about some parent ministry. What do we do with, how do we involve parents? How do we get them involved? Let's yes. welcome Josh Owen Sweeney, who's from Knox Church. He's the DCE there. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. Thank you all so much for inviting me. Well, if, if folks were with us with the last podcast, we talked a lot about just involving the adults of the church for a volunteer purpose. And we even talked about the fact that sometimes parents kind of feel like, you know, I, I, I did my time. This is, can, you can take care of the kids so I have some time away from the kids. But uh, we got to have parental involvement as well. So, so Josh, what, what are some of the biggest things that, that you've learned about involving parents? Yeah, I, um, so I've been able to serve at, I think, about seven to eight churches at this point now, some very small to, you know, ginormous, you know. And I, I laugh, Josh, because you're like 25. Uh, <laughs> you know. We have moved a lot. We have moved a lot. Um, and so it's it's been a blessing everywhere um, that, that I've gone. And yeah, one of the big things that... I learned early on was putting people in the right places. Um, I served at a church, Marietta, First United Methodist Church, and that was grew to be a very large youth group. And we had some stay at home parents, um, you know, and so it was kind of, hey, they had great time on their hands to, to want to help out. You know, they finally, you know, got the kids into school. And so there were, you know, three or four kids. And so the youngest was finally in elementary school. And so I had one teach, uh, one parent, um, did not know, but before they became a stay at home mom, uh, was a school teacher. And I had her, I think, helping out doing sign in and check in stuff. Um, you know, was kind of doing, um, things outside of teaching and then whenever I realized oh you were a teacher oh I need you helping me out with Sunday school and you know and just kind of making sure having the right people in the right places with gifts and graces um, another one was there was an a parent that didn't have a lot of time but he this is whenever I was serving as an intern in Pensacola First United Methodist Church and what I wanted or what was kind of put there is we wanted students to walk in with energy and mm. and the the youth building was across the street from this church and so what he did was he stood out and his you know job was at 9 20 he showed up and every student that walked through the door got a high five got a hey good morning how are you if oh, awesome. they were open for a hug they wanted a hug and that's that's all the time he could give he was, you know, he was a parent that, you know, flew out Monday morning, flew back Friday morning, but he could, he was just straight energy the whole time. And, and so it's like, Hey, it's this small role, but it made such an impact as students were groggy, getting out of the car at, at nine, eight, you know, nine twenty, you know, for our Sunday school hour that Johnny was there to welcome 
everybody. Well, and that's such a great thing because what if he is a busy parent, he doesn't know the friends of his child. And so that gift of, you know, I think partnering with parents looks different in every church. And this is such a great way to do that because now, you know, Johnny's child, you know, can see him as like through the eyes of their friends and he gets to know these friends of his child. And that's such an important thing is to connect, you know, parents and children together so they have vibrant, full relationships. That's such a great idea. Yeah. And, and what I loved about it is it started creating ritual, which I think mm -hmm. is so important mm -hmm. in youth ministry to where if Johnny wasn't there on a Sunday, the students let him know the next week, hey, man, where were you? Why why weren't you here? And so it it grew accountability because, you know, Johnny could then be accountable to um, uh, accountable to the students coming and then they could be accountable to him on the other side. And so, it you know, he owned, you know, kind of a local business in the area and was just able to be overly involved in the lives of students, which was which that's was great. great. Yeah. Well, and that's a piece you want, too, is, you know, we have great youth advisors, but to get parents connected because they're going to be at the sports events they're going to be at graduations that's such a key thing so knowing how to connect families to each other is is important in ministry mm -hmm. what else have you learned about involving parents or connecting with families um josh i'm correct in stating that you don't have children right now i have we have a three-year-old a three-year-old. I thought uh, maybe the last time we were together for a significant amount of time, you did not have children. Yeah, we, so that yeah. tells you. Right. Uh, so I think there are a lot of youth leaders who don't have children or have young children. They haven't had teenagers yet. So how do you bridge that and say, you know, I can connect with you with a parent ministry and I can give you support as parents of teenagers when you don't have children? Yeah, so that was that was a hard lesson to learn um, in in a number of churches because it because parents would throw that back in mm -hmm. staff's faces, you know, very quickly. Well, you just don't understand, and it's and I think if as youth leader, you know, you are correct in that I don't understand what it's like the day in and days out of a parent, but I do know what it's like to have and be around teenagers in a full capacity sense, whether, you know, it's, Hey, we just got right, back from right. a mission trip. Hey, we just got back from Montreat or some other kind of conference. Um, and I've also just studied, I've read a lot of books about what it's like to be a teenager and what it's like ministering to them. And so, you know, so I think that that's one of my big things is to start if a Sunday school class for parents doesn't um isn't in existence to start it right away and so mm -hmm. um so here at knox you know we kicked off our fall classes and you know just like every good presbyterian you know i'm drawing on the teachings of jesus and the teachings of ted lasso um <laughs> and what and what i want that curriculum <laughs> and what is creating and so you know and it's like you know now now i can say that i've done it but in the past you know i i use y'all name some books and one of the books that I love using as a parenting Sunday school class is Parenting as a Spiritual Journey by Rabbi Nancy Fuchs Kramer. 
and it, oh, she kind of goes she kind of goes through the day cycle um brad wiggers uh who's the hmm. christian education teacher at louisville presbyterian theological seminary he was the one that used this book um and it hmm. kind of goes through four parts and it's the morning afternoon evening and night and just kind of what comes with you know these movements throughout the day and how parenting is like this and so spiritual journey because you know i may not be a parent but i know what it's like to be on a spiritual journey and so let yeah, me give you yeah. tools and resources along the way and so so that's one of the other big ways of you know however your church is structured whether it's small group based then starting a parenting small group whether mm. it's sunday school based starting a sunday school class um and kind of getting that involvement and just figuring out how does your church function and then implementing um, classes and groups together that you may, you may lead, you may give someone else to lead, but you're right. a, um, you're a foundation resource. resource. I think, I think that's the key piece for if you are, you know, 23 years old, starting out in your first youth ministry job, you're going to feel a little intimidated by leading a parent group, mm -hmm. but I love your confidence in that. Like, just do it, just set up a group, you know, figure out your system and figure out where it's at and you don't have to teach it, but you need to be able to offer parent support and parent ministry because parents are still in that faith formation process. Mm -hmm. They definitely are. And they're, and they're looking for help. They're looking for any type of, just support within it and so if you can kind of make this network of folks it's just such a huge asset because i was scared i was scared of parents you yeah know, for well we used to say years. we used to say if we could do youth ministry without parents you know <laughs> it would be so much better a lot but less that's emails. not the case that's that's but kind of a universal thing for the church in general it'd be so much easier without the people but yeah, uh, right. yeah. but josh i think that's Thank you for being vulnerable and saying you were scared even to to bridge that. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it got brought up in every yearly review. You know, it's like, what have you done in this line item on your job description? And I would just say, yeah, I haven't done anything. And after, you know, too many yearly reviews saying the same yep. thing, I was like, all right, I, I've got to get better and I've got to figure out. And so, you know, checking in with other seasoned youth leaders, um, you know, going in and telling head of staffs, hey, this is where... I'm lacking, you know, going to your Christian ed team and saying, you know, hey, this this isn't my strength. And so this is where I need some help on the pickup, yeah. I think, um, goes a long way. Well, speaking well, to that, what are some of the just in general blind spots for folks to be aware of going into this? Yeah, I, you know, I think it goes back to making sure you have the right people in the right area, um, you know, s some people that just aren't great teachers should not be Sunday school teachers, even though they've been mm. doing it for decades and no one has been able to tell them, but your Sunday school attendance is waning, you know, to, to make sure you have the right people, you know, the strengths kind of match up, you know, in, in areas you don't, you're not looking necessarily to, you know, take someone's weakness and kind of build upon it. Like you don't have the time you know, to, to really grow that mm -hmm. in a quick way, like you can set it out as a goal and do that. But if you're right in and you have to start kind of plugging and playing people right away to get those 
people whose strengths are extroversion and that's their thing they don't need to be behind a table they don't need to be behind the scenes right. if they're extroverts get them out there um in front kind of getting that energy hyped up i think is a huge blind spot what well, was a blind spot for me yeah. uh, early on in ministry is you know just not keeping things the status quo doesn't have to you know you don't have to keep it that way if you don't that's want to another another blind spot is just if you think parents are not part of your ministry, you know, mm-hmm. I, if you could have a a forum or a place like that Sunday school class you talked about, even if you're not teaching it, where you can go in and just connect with them and say, you know, you matter to me too. And I know you're parenting kids who are very anxious right now. And I want to, I want to be a support and pray for you and be there with you. Like that's, such an important piece but a blind spot for us when we think i am i'm connecting with my youth and i have so much to do that's adult ed Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. no yeah without a doubt like i think if yeah if that's your number one odds like if that's your onset then you're woefully and i think you know i think the church is doing better about putting that within the titles of youth and their families that's right children and their families going back to this family ministry you know kind of umbrella because you know that's that's such a needed needed ministry yeah yeah so what do the parents need to hear from the church right now what do you think is important for our parents to hear that they're gonna mess up like Uh, that there's no you know there's no right way of doing it um you know one of the things that putting this ted lasso class together was you know kind of building on this framework of teamwork mm -hmm. um you know i think that that's one of the beautiful things that you know ted lasso does is he he builds a team you know Mm. within it and so as parents you know what does your team work at home and mm-hmm. how can you expand that team a little bit more with other support systems um, has been has been one of the exciting things of writing on that I that I didn't think that I necessarily thought was needed until I started kind of putting this together because COVID has well, well changed everything. Well, as a parent, you do feel alone, and mm-hmm. you know there are moments, and I will say honestly, as a parent you know, of a teenager who struggled academically, there were times I I felt very alone and I didn't know how to talk about that in a world where, you know, everyone's succeeding. Um, to be able to say, you know, we're, I screwed up. Um, and I'm not sure the church knew how to support me during that. Mm-hmm. And so I've started to think, how do I do that? You know, when you're, when kids are different kids, everybody's different. How do we really support our parents so that they could be honest and vulnerable with each other? We had a parent who just asked if they could have a parent, uh, a group of moms of girls who are anxious and deal with anxiety. And I thought, yeah, if you want to pull that together, great. Uh, That's definitely something we could do. And I, I hadn't, that never crossed my mind as something we might offer. Right. But I think it's going to be a great thing. What's well, what Paul called, you know, the Galatians church to what six two carry each other's burdens. 
And mm -hmm. I think, you know, if we can, you know, have a youth ministry that where youth can carry, you know, help carry each other's burdens, but to where parents can also set that example for their students, what that looks like. Yeah. I think it's just a beautiful, beautiful vision of the kingdom of God that I, that I hope for and that I strive for. I mean, this kind of goes well, back to some things we've been talking about in previous episodes about how sometimes the youth ministry label sometimes holds us back from doing a ministry that is even broader and greater because we, we when we think youth ministry, we think the games, we think the pizza nights, we think the movie nights. And you know, you're talking about you know, building up the entire body of Christ uh, in support of each other. And yeah, so, yeah, sometimes we need to be cautious that we don't limit ourselves to say, oh, but that's not really our place. We've got this other thing we need to do. Yeah. The, the program, <laughs> sometimes the, sometimes we, 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 we kill the potential ministry for the program we've always done. Um, and which go also goes back to your thing you said before about if, if, if a gift is not being best used somewhere, maybe the gift should be shifted. Uh, mm. But yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I, I, well, we started, uh, we did something this past week for the first time we did a dad's drop-in Oh, cool. um and and i don't know if it's gonna work it might fail um but we just had a space for dads to come and have a beer together mm -hmm. drop in somebody's backyard um they ordered pizza and um i wasn't even there in the room you know with them or in the space but had a dad who's very capable of leading that discussion and and i don't know if it will continue or if they need it but i needed to see if that might be something that was needed, you know, did it meet a need? Well, Michelle, I think you pointed out perfectly. You don't have to be at all of these things. No, you know, no. As a youth leader. And so, and, and again, I think that that's the control issue that some youth leaders have to where it's my program. It's my, you know, mm -hmm. this, these are, these are, you know, mother hen, you know, kind of vibe where these are my students. And if you can, you know, give space for community to develop and, you know, and, and listen to some things, then, yeah, I think that's where youth ministry really starts making leaps and bounds to where you right. don't have to be at everything and making it sustainable, right? Mark DeVries, right. Like just making all this sustainable because if to remove you from the, remove the youth leader from the occasion, um, you know, what, what does that do in, in, and it just it becomes such a a lifeblood if your if the youth leader is not the person that always has to be, you know, the focal yeah. point. Yeah, of... I I actually have the gift of being on a text with uh I call it the seventh grade mom group, but they're now tenth graders. Um, oh. but when they were in seventh grade during COVID, they met at somebody's house. Um, one of the seventh graders hosted, and she would DoorDash. Krispy Kreme uh, because the, the DoorDash guy was really cute and they hoped they got Michael to deliver the Krispy Kreme donuts that they would buy. And, uh, you know, it was so cute. Now they're 10th graders and I'm on that chain and the moms still get together. You know, they're like, hey, are we getting together this week? And they support each other. Like, you know, what are we going to allow the kids to do this year? You know, what is it's our time for our annual meeting to kind of revamp and say, what are they, what are the risky things they could do this year? And I mean, that's such a great gift and they're there for each other to support, to pray, to guide, and we don't have anything to do with it. It just happens to have grown out of something we did. 
And right. that's, you know, I think that's another good reminder that we don't have to plan everything, that it can just emerge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think another, you know, kind of blind spot is, you know, the, just to send out a survey, like, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm a firm believer in surveys, um, you know, and, and annual meetings or semi-annual meetings, one in the fall, one in the spring, you know, to, to try to, you know, talk about things. Um, for example, there was this one dad that I had at, um, what, one thing that I like to do, especially when I'm starting out at a new place was I have parents describe to me their youth ministry experience, because some parents may have never had one. They grew up in a small church or they just didn't go to church growing up. And yeah, so yeah. coming to faith and adulthood uh, was something new and just, you know, kind of what drew them. And I had this one dad who talked about the hot dogs in Villa Rica, Georgia, as the thing that grew, that was his youth ministry experience and what all his buddies did. And so we need to care about the hot dogs that are being served. And I was like, I don't Oh, that's so funny. You know, I was like, pull, you know, I was trying to pull threads because, you know, in my head, I was like, no, it's not the meal that's bringing them together. It's, you know, what I'm creating and, you know, this, you know, yeah, you know, whole big picture kind of deal. But what I, you know, and so what I did was I put him on our snack supper, which was our yeah, meal. Yeah, let him do it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. hey, you're going to come over here and you're going to help me figure out meals. And we just, the meals took off in like were just these incredible, you know, I had dads bringing smokers in, they were making, you know, kind of like how your dad drop in was oh you know, my God. Dads that were just like, Hey, I'm doing a pull pork today. It's going to take six hours. I get to miss church, but I'm at church, you know, kind of putting this together. Yeah. Um, and they just, they took it above and beyond. They were trying to do like an oyster roast at one mm-hmm. point. And I was like, look, this is not going to be a youth ministry thing because I don't think any of these youth will eat oysters, but we'll make this a men's event and we'll have an oyster roast. And that's what kind of grew the men's ministry and started taking it off. And so I, if I shut him down because I thought hot dogs were dumb, that's right. And we would not, the church would not have had this, you know, blow up of, you know, grand ideas. And so what he was wanting was he wanted community and he wanted community around food. That's, that's yeah. it. And, That's and, the key. And yeah. I love that you partnered, you know, your need for a meal at youth group with this need for community. And what a great thing that I think we don't think about, but cultivating community among any set of volunteers is important. But to be able to do it specifically for a group of people like dads, that's such a great thing, Josh. Thank you for uh, saying that. I love that idea. Any other ideas for, uh, you know, nurturing our parents, uh, faith formation of our parents, supporting them as they navigate these hard days of youth ministry? I mean, I do think being a teenager is hard and it's harder than it was when we all were teenagers. Mm -hmm. How do we, you have any ideas for how do we support them other than, you know, just providing youth group? Yeah, I, I think just the willingness to to not have all the answers, to know you're just as scared to talk to parents as parents are to talk to you, um, that they have no idea what they're doing. And, and just as though sometimes we don't know what we are doing involving parents, especially 
for those that you know are the younger side of youth ministry um mm -hmm. you know to to really recognize you know that kind of piece to find you know three or four adults um or parents that you can talk to that you can be a little bit more vulnerable with that you know kind of be your eyes and ears and That's you know that you that you can yeah that you can have honest conversations that they can give you feedback critical criti criticism and you take it and and grow from it don't just let it leave Josh do you do that in a formal way or informal um oh I do everything informal I am not a formal person at all <laughs> um and so it's a lot of it's a lot of you know I I call them west wing talks where yeah. let's let me walk you to wherever we're going and we're going to talk the whole way uh whether it's out to your car or anything like that um and so yeah so a lot of that is informal um you know, kind of pieces to where I I select those parents and I just, and I let them know like, hey, I really like your advice or I really like the way you see things. Do you mind um, being able to communicate with me, you know, periodically if something is coming, if I'm doing something that's irritating or I'm missing the mark somewhere, can you please come back and let me know, you know, kind of what's going on? And so, and it's kind of a two-way street at that yeah. point where sometimes like I can feel, Hey, this Sunday was a little awkward. I got the cold shoulder from some people. Mm -hmm. And so, and instead of trying to sweat it, it's like, Oh, well, they just had a really rough weekend. Um, yeah. you know, for various or, you know, you made a statement, uh, at this group and you don't, you didn't know you alienated half the parents. Parents. Yeah. And so, you know, cause especially if you didn't grow up in that area, if yep. you didn't, if you're not from, you know, I'm not from Kansas. I have no idea what, you know, I didn't know barbecue was such a big deal until I moved here. And it's, <laughs> these people are serious take it about seriously. It. Kansas, it's, yeah, yeah. Kansas, that's serious. Yeah. You got to be careful on which one you say is your favorite, you know, because yeah. if you say Gates barbecue is your favorite, then people are like, well, what about Jack Stacks? And what about right, right. Uh, yeah. this place? And then, you know, someone will tell you, well, come try this mom and pop place. Um, so, yeah. So you just kind of, you know, you know, what Roger Nishioka says, you know, don't change anything in your first year, you know, you get mm. three changes, I think it is. Um, and if a parenting class is, you know, part of that change, then that's one of your three, and that's going to be right. one to lean on. Um, and so you just have to be able to listen to the parents, because that's the one thing that I love about youth ministry is every seven years, you're going to get a new crop, and you're going to get a new group, you're going to get new parents with different anxieties and different, um, you know, involvement levels, and you just yeah. have to be willing to be flexible. Um, and not such a great reminder for us. I think, especially for somebody who's, I got a text from somebody who's in a long-term church and she's like, I need to know, how do you navigate this? And that's such good advice that, you know, your parents turn over. I do love the parents that have like a senior and they have a five-year-old because then, you know, and they're great parents, you know, you get them again, you know, right. that's such a gift. Uh, I'm not sure they think it's a gift maybe uh, <laughs> at the time, but I, Josh, we do something similar. We have a parent advisory team mm -hmm. and we um, we have different parents from different schools and it rotates every year, but we put, we provide them lunch three times a year. So you're only coming to three meetings and you can't volunteer for anything at that meeting. Nice. The rule, uh, because, you know, sometimes we're talking about something like, we, you know, we don't have enough parents for seventh grade. Tell me what that's about. I don't want them to step in and volunteer. I want them to give me 
wisdom right and advice on how we're asking what we're doing you know and that's that's exactly that team that you talked about that support team mm -hmm. that's such a critical piece and and some work, years it works and some years it doesn't but when it works well it really truly is a gift for our ministry yes and i think regardless of your size of your church you know you need one or two parents to support you and consult with you mm -hmm. yeah i i remember one church i tried to do a big event on a saturday and i'm like why are they not coming and they were like that's the day they have soccer tryouts that's mm -hmm. the like big you know after you know school sports league and everybody tries out and i thought why didn't somebody tell me this before and they said well why'd you put it on this day you know yeah so it just takes that conversation too well and and, and, and it shows like the neediness for a calendar like that's one yeah. thing that i try to oh, do everywhere i go is give that year-long calendar for parents because you know they have to juggle school activities uh extracurricular and yeah and so here's ours nicely bounded with nice color, oh color, that's so great color coordinated with uh youth choir high school the middle school spiral bound. everyone spiral brown this this place loves a good and so and then you know one thing i've done to help them is i printed out all the school calendars and so because yeah. i have one two three four school calendars and you put it on that calendar and so and then they're on the calendar so nice you know, i know that let's see what's september 19th so next on the 29th blue valley schools are out i don't yeah. know why they're out but they're out but they and, are and, and it's so on your I, calendar yeah and so i'm not going to put that in so parents don't have to juggle you know school calendar and all these other right. things so i try to and so when they see that little bit of like oh you cared You've enough done the to work yeah put this in then you know, they can see that I, I don't, I care about them being involved in the church, but I also care about their lives outside of the church. And I want to be a part of that. Right. That's you know, right. And I want our youth ministry to be a part of that. And here's a way that I can example this. And so, yeah. um, so that's one of the things that I love doing. I, I do think just saying that, uh, you know, we want to be in their lives outside. I am constantly amazed when parents are surprised that we're at sports games mm. you know they don't expect it for some reason um well i think it's because no one from the church showed up for their stuff when they were yeah, in school yeah because either youth ministry didn't exist it wasn't right. you know it was kind of in its infancy at that point in the 80s or mm -hmm. and, and so they're like wait why you know why would the you know pastor you know of yeah. my kid come to this you know my my pastor doesn't come whenever i'm giving right. uh, a work you know uh, speech or something like yeah. that you know they don't show up to my job but we show up to the student schools we show up mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. you know anything that they're doing a play a dance, dance. A dance yeah you know, any of those kind of things um and yeah you would think you know youth ministry has been going pretty solid for 30 years that it wouldn't be a surprise but it still no. is to this day yeah um, you know, it's almost like this hidden myth that it's like, wait, they, your youth leader shows up and it's you, like, you care about us. Yeah. yeah. You do show up. I think that's what it is about is showing parents that we care about the whole family mm -hmm. and we want to sit with them at the games. We want to, you know, hang out with them and hear what's going on in their lives, hear about their, 
surgery that's coming up on the rotator cuff or, you know, we want to know those things too. And we want to be there to support them through their life journey. Very much so. And so, and so I, you know, I loved it whenever I was in seminary doing CPE, I did it at the children's hospital in Atlanta mm -hmm. and I had three or four students, you know, they're like, how, why are you here? And I was like, well, I'm here on two reasons, actually. But, you know, I looked at my chart and recognized I saw a name and wanted to come say hi to you. Oh, what and, a gift. Yeah. You know, so and parents were like, what is going? You know, and, and it's just yeah. like a mind. <laughs> <to them>. yeah. <laughs> You're just like, no, I'm just this is what this is the calling, you know, it's a this sacred is what calling. we do. Yeah. yeah, it's a sacred calling. And this is part of it. So mm, what a beautiful reminder. Well, thank you, Josh, for being with us today. This has been a great conversation. Thank you all so much and blessings, you know, in your ministry as you continue on. Um, I love the podcast and all y'all are providing for um, people that have been doing it for 10 plus years to those that just got hired. I think this is a great resource. So thank you all so much. Thank you, Jeff. This has been the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry podcast. Join us in the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry Facebook group to be part of the ongoing conversation.